0: for oh, for Andre one long year and your time has come man no marks no scars no blemishes on the holster brother but inside man i've been scarred for one long year everywhere i go man all the little holsters ask me is there any truth to the fact that there was a controversial count holster did you really get him over your head did you really beat the giants well, today, man, in WrestleMania 4, we're going to wipe all that controversy out. Andre the Giant, in the second round, when you're fresh as a daisy, with the whole world watching, I'm going to prove, brother, that I can beat you anywhere, anytime. And all my Hulkamaniacs, they're going to feel it, too. Speaking of the Hulkamaniacs, Hulkamaniacs.
1: We're here with James Prophet, and we are here for part four of the Legendary. Can I say Legendary, James? Uh, I...
2: You can say Legendary because this podcast is all about the movie Legendary starring John Cena,
1: and that's what we're here to talk about today
2: <laughs> because we want our son back, but we still don't know
1: how. <laughs> I have to admit, I have have not seen that, James, so I'm a little under-prepared for today's episode. All right, I also haven't
2: seen it, so instead of that, why don't we just own up that we are recording an intro (laughs) to the second half of a podcast we recorded almost three months ago. (laughs)
1: Damn. Yeah. That's that's COVID life for you.
2: (laughs) It's scary how long it uh, takes to get time to edit sometimes. It's very strange
1: um so yeah part 4 of entree the Giant versus Hulk Hulk the Hulkamaniac Hogan that was his nickname right Uh
2: the Hulkamaniac yes. uh in the 70s they called him the incredible Hulk Hogan Get it incredible because, Hulk because of the incredible Hulk <laughs> Um but yeah I honestly we talked about this feature for like 5 or 6 hours I don't know if I have a single new thing to say about it at this point what
1: about you I mean, pretty much. We can can just get right into it if you'd like. All right. So, yeah, this is going to be picking up kind of
2: mid-conversation because, as I'm sure you noticed, we cut off mid-conversation in the last episode because it went three hours and we wanted to get something out. So um, I stopped at the halfway point of editing it. But this is me and Josh, Hawk vs. Andre, the conclusion, part four.
1: Stay with us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go (laughs)
2: It's funny, too. So that's true. I agree with that. You know, as much as they really focus their promoting us on the Hogan interviews and the DiBiase-Andre interviews, a tournament means that the main event is going to be the finals of the tournament. But you can't promote, like, guy A versus guy B because that might, again, the concept of a tournament, that might not happen. But the the kind of cool X factor that makes it so exciting is that with 14 guys, it really, especially at the time, being eight years old, I remember feeling like anything could happen. My sister and I, Heather, hi, Heather, I love you so much. You're amazing. We were so freaking excited for this tournament to happen. I remember driving to church that morning, and we took all 14 names, and we wrote them on pieces of paper and ripped them up and put them in a bag. And we would just draw a name out And again we did this the whole Way to church and probably Part of the way back but the Thing would be okay whoever we draw out That person's gonna win And there'd be sometimes where we draw a name Be like no chance no chance <laughs> I remember The name we kept drawing was Jake the Snake Robber uh, awesome. <laughs> To the point where like I think at like the 10th time Or whatever we were like <laughs> Maybe I mean, there's the, what if this is a sign? <laughs> what if Jake really is gonna win? God's trying which to, which of course you. he wasn't, you know. But mm. my sister was a massive, is a massive Randy Savage fan. She wanted him to win, and I'm sure I was rooting for Hulk Hogan at the time, being the young Hulkamaniac that I was, training mm. prayers and vitamins. He was still pure at this point, <laughs> steroid <laughs> abuse aside. But anyway, yeah, you, you break up a good point. It's a weird thing to promote. Do you recall Survivor Series 1998?
1: I do not.
2: <laughs> okay, so that was the other time where they did a pay-per-view tournament for the WWF title. Ten years later, 14 guys, just like this time. Uh, the two guys involved in the controversial finish get a bye to the second round against each other, just like here. That time, I feel like they did it right. It was a lot more streamlined. The matches were shorter. On top of all that, because it wasn't WrestleMania, there wasn't this big, like, this was a lackluster. I don't want to say lackluster, but not the best WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Like, I, I I love it because to me it's just like the perfect snapshot of the late '80s WWF. Although you could probably argue WrestleMania V for that too, uh-huh. but I, I love it for that reason. But it doesn't have this like array of exciting matches and big feuds because so much of the focus was on this tournament. The kind of way to correct that that they did at Survivor Series in 1998 was he sort of had about three angles that could kind of play out in a bigger scale over the course of the tournament. And because it was a three-hour show, it was very bang, 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 very fast-paced. That that may be the, not from a match perspective, but just entertainment-wise, maybe the coolest show of the Attitude Era, at least at the time saw it and again that was one of those times where my sister and my dad found them downstairs found themselves downstairs watching it with me i remember and my sister was getting really into the show because it was an exciting show man i don't remember that at all i kind of want to go back and watch it well i'm not going to say a thing about it then but it's a lot of fun yeah (laughs) nice all right, bud. If you're listening to this, Survivor Series '98. Watch he's that stuff. He's probably already
1: there. I don't remember where he's at, but <laughs> we
2: we really should have made him like an Attitude Era, like watch this, stay away from this type of list. Because there's a lot of crap in the Attitude Era. As much as it's celebrated, it really is just the characters. A lot of the action is quite bad <laughs> until we get to 2000.
1: Yeah.
2: They're All not. right. So anyway. So, Hogan interview, I wanted to bring up here. He says he's going to win the title. This is February 19th, a little over a month out. This is the last time Hulk Hogan talks about winning the title at WrestleMania 4. They know he's not going to win the title, so he doesn't keep talking about this goal he's going to fail at, because that would, I guess, make all the Hulkamaniacs sad. He just talks about... Finally, settling the score with Andre the Giant after this interview. Hmm. Which, again, it's a subtle thing that I only noticed watching here. And I thought was probably a really smart move because at the end of the day, he does settle the score with Andre the Giant once and for all. And there isn't this, the letdown isn't as bad because he wasn't talking about getting the
1: title back the whole time. That's really interesting. I definitely did not notice that.
2: That's good, good writing. By the way, our YouTube playlist for this one is Hogan vs. Andre, the Pull Apart podcast on YouTube. That's a playlist. And on the network, we are on the March 7th episode of Primetime Wrestling. We start out with an interview with Randy Savage. The other mega power, we told you we'd come back to him.
0: And by virtue of all that he's done at the World Wrestling Federation yeah. over the past three years, Macho Man Randy Savage, you're going to be part of this big tournament, and your opponent in the first round is going to be none other than the Natural Butch Reed. First of all, what do you make? Of all that's happened over the past week, 10 days. I'm going
3: to answer your second question first. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania 4 with all the focus and attention going right there to that one place in time. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Natural Butch Reed, right now, looking into the video scope. I got respect for you as an athlete, super athlete, but you don't have the only key to the gym. Yeah. There's other people that have paid their dues, and that focus of attention at WrestleMania 4 is gonna be spectacular a spectacle yeah Yeah. but uh yeah go ahead right you know macho
0: man randy savage it's no secret in late 1987 you were proclaimed to be one half of the mega powers along with hulk hogan what do you make of what has happened to Hulk Hogan and the World Heavyweight
3: Championship? That question right there is too hot to handle right now. Yeah, one? I'm thinking I hear voices, but my eyes don't lie. Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, this will carry you a little ways, but it won't take you all the way. Yeah, you're going to be taught that sometime in your life. And I think WrestleMania 4 can be the place Yeah, but butch... So
1: I can't I feel like I can't talk about Savage interviews because they're just not worth just not playing. You know, what I mean? <laughs> but he says it's a what a task for someone to go to the top of the mountain. They got to want it bad. But he's uh, I'm sorry, I just feel so stupid reading it. It's like, uh, what do you call it? Like a courtroom thing. He's thinking, thinking, thinking that no one has no more inspiration than him. Because of Elizabeth. And I love, Elizabeth gets like a loud pop from the crowd. What
3: a task! An unbelievable task for someone to go to the top of the mountain and become the World Wrestling Federation Champion! And natural, Butch Reed, I've got respect for you as an athlete, yeah! Because to win four matches and go all the way to the top of the mountain, you got to be in shape, you got to have endurance, you got to be an Iron Man, and you got to want it bad! But I'm thinking, thinking, thinking... That nobody's got more inspiration than the macho man Randy Savage. And I'm telling you, Natural Butch Reed, I can't lose. No, I can't lose. I got a special inspiration that's in my corner. Inspiration? Yeah. And her smile could knock the ivories off a piano. She's the bravest little lady in the world today.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Subtle thing here too At this point As far as talking about the tournament At Wrestlemania 4 goes Mm -hmm. This is a podium interview Mm -hmm. Only Andre and DiBiase and Hulk Hogan Had gotten podium interviews to talk about Wrestlemania 4's tournament Savage is the only Other guy to get one Which again it's a subtle Thing where they're kind of already in the back of your mind positioning him as oh he might be coming to this level you know he's friends with hogan he's getting the podium interview it's
1: i thought it was again (laughs) in hindsight it's pretty smart stuff Yeah. yeah i also didn't notice that james just picking up on everything um andre says that he'll put him down for the fourth time Um, But yeah, this is the Andre DiBiase interview later in the same episode. He will remain undefeated, which I thought was awesome.
2: Yeah, that was great. I will remain undefeated. Like a year later, he's still not acknowledging that he lost that
1: match. I love it. DiBiase is saying that he's already had a taste of having, you know, the belt around his waist. If it wasn't for Tunney, it'd still be there. Being held up by President Jack Tunney. I want to bring in million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, virtual
0: join me, if you will. It's a bunch of funk is what Uh, it
4: is. It's a bunch of bureaucracy. This man fulfilled his obligation to me. I fought and paid for. I paid this man a king's ransom, and he delivered. The belt was mine. Tony, who do you think you are? He's under the pressure of all the little peons out there. All the little peons saying, oh, there was too much confusion. There was two referees. The simple fact is, he won, and he handed the belt down to me, and it belongs to me. So one more time, Andre's robbed, and in turn, I'm robbed. So you want to have a tournament? Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't have to buy the title. I did it to prove that it could be done, and I proved it. So now there's a tournament. Okay, tournament. The first round that I have, I have you, Hacksaw Duggan, a stumbling, bumbling fool that doesn't have the class to be in the ring with the Million Dollar Man. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll show you, Tony, all you penny pitching peons out there in the whole wrestling world, what the Million Dollar Man's made of. I,
1: I like that they're, you know, they're both talking as if they're going to win right in front of each other. That's always fun. Um, yeah, that's all I had from this one. I did want to bring up what a good job
2: Ted DiBiase is doing is they, they've kind of subtly transitioned from Andre being the top heel to DiBiase being the top heel, mostly just because he's been the mouthpiece of that team, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. And he's doing an amazing job here. I don't think he ever in his career hit a higher peak than in this like November 87 to April, I guess maybe August 88 stretch where he is the number one contender essentially for the better part of 10 months. He, w- he was always a top heel. I don't think he was ever worse than the number three heel at any point between 1988 and 1991. He was main eventing house shows all over the place when he wasn't in like the title match. He was in the sub-main event feud, and that could be with Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake, the Big Boss Man, Dusty Rhodes. If, if it was a major star in pro wrestling, DiBiase was the guy, because like in the pecking order, he was the guy that was either a world title contender or at that sweet spot where you're above the Intercontinental title, but you're kind of just below the world title. Man, Ted DiBiase, what a run, right?
1: Yeah, I was just looking it up, James, because I I'm bad at remembering stuff like this. But it's you know he never won the belt. Is that that's right? Right? Yep, that's correct. So I feel like he's not usually mentioned as one of those. I don't know. I'm, I I think about like NBA as well, like Karl Malone and John Stockton and Charles Barkley. It's like the big stars that have never won a title. I feel like in wrestling, it's usually like you know Piper's always there. Is DiBiase not usually mentioned in that list just because not on that level? Or I feel like he's a guy that should have won it at some point.
2: Yeah, like modern day, he'd be a multi time champion
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the increased frequency of title switches and fresh faces in the main event. Back then, I think one of the reasons why he maybe isn't missing quite as much as a guy like Roddy Piper or even Jake Roberts is because he. Sniffed it like we got the visual Of the belt being around Teddy Biassi's Waist you know He did a one on one match To main event a Wrestlemania So even though you have A guy like Roddy Piper who Again tag match main event he, the first Wrestlemania was a massive star For his entire career Once he got to WWF For whatever Reason I think it's just different To where people wanted to see you know, like, oh, it would have been great if we could have seen Piper as world champion. Where with
1: DiBiase, it's almost, even though it was a week, they're like, oh, we kind of saw it.
2: You know what yeah, I mean?
1: That's true. And you can kind of, I guess, picture what it would be like if not. Because he had the million dollar belt, which was kind of like a, a version of that for him. Um, he won the mm-hmm. King of the Ring, you know, stuff like that. So <clears throat> that makes sense. Um, that million-dollar belt thing, that was
2: something they gave him a choice on, by the way. After WrestleMania, like, essentially after the Savage feud ended, mm-hmm. apparently Vince pulled him aside and said, listen, we've got such a hot character with you, we need it for it to have some sort of success. So do you want to win the Intercontinental title, or would you rather do something where you create your own title? and apparently DiBiase felt like the in-character thing for him to do would be for his character to go ahead and buy that belt that he could never win and just make it his own belt. And so that's where the million-dollar championship
1: came from. That I did not – I don't know. I feel like I would go with Intercontinental if I was him. (laughs) So we are now – let's see. Primetime Wrestling, March – 21st. 21st. Okay, got it. Hogan Hogan interview interview here. here. You know what's funny? Is I thought I thought maybe I mentioned it last time, but I didn't. This is where I have my note about Craig George. I, I said whenever he interviews Hogan, he looks like the kid from Almost Famous. <laughs> That's <what laughs> the, the, uh, just all shucks. Like, so glad I get to share this with this person kind of thing. So, but he says now that all the tears have dried. It's funny, James, because now I'm going to be looking for the, uh, him mentioning, you know, the title, but Mm -hmm. You're right, he doesn't. So he says all the the tears have dried. He looks into the eyes of the whole Maniacs, and they know the truth. Uh, They still see those dollar signs in Andre's eyes. He's going to prove that when you live by the buck, you die by the buck, and you'll hear the last laugh of of (laughs) DiBiase. Yes,
2: I also like the uh, kind of it's a parental thing, but he Mm -hmm. brings up how apparently... We, we forgot to mention this, but Andre and DiBiase had said, you know, they killed Hulkamania on February 13th because they took the belt off him.
1: Right.
2: And Hulk Hogan comes back with that and he says, the truth is that when the little Hulksters grow up to be big Hulksters, they're going to keep believing in the training and the prayers and the vitamins. And when they grow up to be big Hulksters, that means that Hulkamania is going to live forever. <laughs> So So I sort of thought that was, I thought it was cool, you know, like these things we try to impart on our children, you know, like teach them to be kind people, to stand up for what's right, all the important stuff in life. So I think one of the reasons it's so easy for Hogan to be cheered at this point is because it's never just, I'm going to beat this other wrestler. It's always like, what are your core beliefs and values? That is what I'm going to tap into right now. As I, as I
1: choked this other person.
2: <laughs> right. For America, damn it. For America. <laughs> <laughs> but um, later in the same show, there is a Andre DiBiase interview. Uh, DiBiase calls Hogan a loser, says he's been beaten, defeated, and then he calls him a loser again. And then Andre, once again, brings up how he's still undefeated. <laughs>
1: yeah
2: says oh. <laughs> so that after wrestlemania they'll still be calling hogan what he is the ex-champion
1: <laughs> yeah i really like
2: that one after this we mentioned that savage getting that podium interview sort of puts him in the same air a little bit as the other guys right mm-hmm. and we're on saturday night's main event 3-12-1988 the match is Randy Macho Man Savage versus the Million Dollar Man, T- Teddy Biassi. This, by the way, one of the best Saturday Night's main event episodes of all time. It's got Hogan versus King Harley Race and this amazing match that was sort of a precursor to ECW, what they would base their promotion around. And then it's got, uh, honestly, Teddy Biassi was probably the number one bad guy and Randy Savage was the number two good guy. So it was this very, I remember, again, like, so back in the day, my family, and again, I was eight years old, say what you will, but my parents were, uh, I always thought this was super cool. They'd let me watch Golden Girls with them, right? And (laughs) during, during Golden Girls on NBC, they would run commercials for either Saturday Night Live that night or Saturday Night's main event. And they wouldn't really talk about it on these Saturday morning shows, usually, what was going to be on Saturday night's main event. They would just say, like, tonight's Saturday night's main event, blah, blah, blah. And so the commercials would essentially be a wrestler promo. It wouldn't be tonight, watch blah, blah, blah. It would just be like, "Oh yeah, to DiBiase, you and me, one-on-one. You're going to find out what macho means to you or
1: something like that. Who, who was that? Was, which promo was that? Well, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was, was a honky tonk man promo.
2: Right. Yeah. It, it was The Undertaker. And then he said, rest in peace. <laughs> and Paul Bear went, oh, yes. And so, yeah, that's Randy Savage. But um, I remember, like, specifically remember being a kid and seeing one of those bumpers and my jaw dropping, going, like,
4: oh,
3: Randy
2: Savage versus Teddy DiBiase. And it wasn't like. I don't think I liked Savage. My sister loved Savage. I liked him a lot, but I don't think he was like my very favorite. I think I was a Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana guy back then, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He was my other favorite. But just thinking like that, even as an eight year old, I could recognize that's super interesting because you can't really see either guy losing, but somebody's going to have to probably. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And so that's, that's always a fun matchup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah what did you
2: think here man did you have any notes on the interviews so
1: let me see here um
2: i wrote down that DiBiase was wearing his cool sparkling silver and purple suit i wish we got to see that one more that was
1: really good (laughs) um that's pretty that's pretty much all i had except for i just i had noted how i liked that The ex champion thing. I felt like that was a good line of just reminding you that, you know, the guy that's had the belt for years is actually technically not the champion. And we're still going to be calling him the ex champion after that.
2: In DiViase's interview before the Savage match, he says that he, DiViase, not being champion right now is nothing but sleazy politics, but he'll fix that at WrestleMania 4. I thought that was really great. And he tells Randy Savage he's looking at the man who destroyed Hulkamania, and that having Elizabeth in your corner doesn't make you macho, but money is what makes a man macho. (laughs) And he also says that uh, because of this unfair advantage that Randy Savage has, he'll bring out somebody to be in his corner to counter the threat of Elizabeth. I thought that was amazing. (laughs) She's a big threat. Oh, dude, absolutely.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I don't think that's how he worded it. I think that's what I wrote down, but that was the implication. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then he says, "What will be in his corner will be worth its weight in gold," kind of foreshadowing uh, what was going to happen at WrestleMania. And then Savage says, "DiBiase's check is going to bounce because he's going to bounce him all over the ring tonight." <laughs> <clears throat> And then again, we go to the match: Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase. Saturday Night's main event, dude. What do you, what did you have for this one?
1: Um, I, I just had, you know, it's a good match and um, one of those kind of cut short things from a schmoz, I, I want to say like uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels matches. You know, they can't just end. Um, God, I have a screw job.
2: Um, It was a good screw job. It fit perfectly.
1: Yeah, Virgil attacks Savage. So you finally get to see, you know, Virgil in action. Seeing that future champion uh, pedigree. A
2: million-dollar champion in 1991. (laughs) That SummerSlam 91 pop is amazing.
1: Um, Andre attacks Savage. Uh, Elizabeth leaves, does the whole... Um, run to the back kind of thing. We've seen this before, James. Um, <laughs> Hogan comes running out, <laughs> not as reluctant as before because he's wielding a chair. Yes, and he
2: savages friends. So yeah, like, like Virgil had beat up Macho Man, Andre the Giant had two, and Randy Savage got counted out and lost the match to Ted DiBiase.
1: Right. Yep. Which you know. A count out. Who cares, right? (laughs) It's one of those things like, well, the one thing that I thought
2: was cool to kind of set up, you want to see the good guy get the revenge, was Mm. that Savage is just, he's such an awesome seller that him just like laying outside the ring, like clutching his gut, you know, like curled up in the fetal position because he's taking some blows from Andre. And DiBiase just sort of walking around the ring with both hands up in the air. I'm like, man, what? (laughs) That's a premium douche move there. Right, for sure. And then, yeah, Hogan comes out, clears the ring, and he starts tending to Randy Savage. And if I remember, there's not really a moment of celebration. I think the bad guys walk to the back with their hands in the air, and Hogan's just sort of like
1: over his fallen friend in the ring, right? Pretty much, yep it was a weird um uh, combination there cuz it wasn't like the the first time when they you know whatever they call it collided or whatever um it was more of a somber tone which i think went well leading into wrestlemania cuz it wasn't like we know what's going to happen you know <clears throat> um there's there's a threat there for for hogan he's he's not a uh, Superman.
2: Yeah. And again, you saw, we at this point, everybody loves Randy Savage. He's the number two good guy behind Hogan. They love Elizabeth. And they just, he's, if Hogan can't, Savage is the next best hope to put DiBiase in his place. And Ted DiBiase and Andre just left Savage Lane, won the match, and just like walked away like it was nothing. So it was pretty awesome. I like it was After, a really
1: go-home kind of show.
2: It was. It really was. After that, I couldn't find any uh, interviews between that and WrestleMania Four. There were uh, the obviously the superstars of wrestling Saturday morning go home show to WrestleMania that had promos from DiBiase and Andre. Where again, they restated their points we've covered about Hogan never getting the belt again, DiBiase walking out champion. Hogan getting the promo where he says he's going to finish this with Andre the Giant once and for all, and he feels like Ted DiBiase's bank is going to go belly up at WrestleMania for And at that point, again, the big angle, the big go-home angle was Saturday night's main event, the DiBiase... Well, first it was the main event with Andre winning the belt, selling it to DiBiase, and then it was Jack Tunney holding up the title, announcing the tournament, and then Saturday night's main event where Dibiase and Andre are just being... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm picking my language carefully here. We've been pretty good about not cussing this episode. (laughs) Are being jerks, right? Yeah, meaning heads. Being being just classic douches and laying out the number two good guy and just walking away. And now... It's the night of the show. WrestleMania four Josh. So how did you feel going into WrestleMania it before we watched it? So about I, the build.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't a hundred percent I'll just out myself as not the best wrestling fan. I wasn't really sure where this went. Like I couldn't remember. Um it, it did telegraph well for Savage to to come out on top. Um but I just, I couldn't help but think about, we'll get into this later, I guess, but like WrestleMania 9, you know, WrestleMania 9, it was like when I was into it or whatever. Um, Hogan stealing Brett's spotlight, kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's not even a question. It's like Brett earned that, you know, over the years, Hogan was definitely—I don't want to say past his prime, but I mean he was definitely like he—he he had ha, had his day. And uh, Brett wins the title, or no? What was it? Brett Brett lost the title, right? To Yokozuna, essentially, so they could have Yoko
2: challenge Hogan on the spot, have Hogan beat him in thirty seconds. And Hulk Hogan, though not being a part of the main event,
1: somehow walks out of WrestleMania nine as the champion. Yeah. So uh, that wouldn't have surprised me, you know, um, going into four, something like that. But uh, like I was saying before, I felt like they did a really good job of building up a bunch of different possibilities. Um, You could see Andre winning. um, You could see DiBiase. I mean, I don't know how... (laughs) Going into this, how Andre would have fared going um, that long <laughs> into the night? Right. But uh, The more adult, you know, sides that we,
2: the knowledge that we have now, is like Andre couldn't have wrestled three yeah. times.
1: He looked rough in some of these, some of these matches leading up to it, but it's understandable, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I think watching it recently, my money honestly probably was on Hogan. <laughs> Um,
2: Yeah. Well, he was presented as the star, like, far and away. Like, we mentioned how Sarah's got a podium interview, you know, and he got that Dibiase match. He was a top guy, but it's not like he was getting, quote-unquote, pushed, like, super hard, you know what I mean? Right. He was being presented as a top guy. He was getting, you know, he was fresh out of the Honky talk Man feud that everybody loved him for. And at the same time, like... You think about the classic WrestleMania pushes, right? Like Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, Stone Cold at WrestleMania 14, uh, Batista going into WrestleMania 21. That wasn't there. It was just like, here's this guy that's Hogan's tag team partner. He's also in the tournament.
4: So, like,
1: more of a maybe next year or the year after, you know, he'll be the guy, but. Um, not, not like it's too early or anything, but just, it wasn't necessarily the, a given. Um, so yeah, so the first match, um, that we have to talk about is DiBiase and Hacksaw. Yeah. So that's Ted DiBiase's
2: first round opponent, another man of the tournament, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, super over In this period, he man, the hoes are flying. He gets a great ovation. Everything he does gets a for the I mean, the crowd's kind of dead because it's a casino crowd. It's not really filled with fans so much. as just people high rollers, you know, that given comp tickets, but they like Duggan and the I will say during one of the podium interviews, Ted DiBiase mentions that he's fighting Duggan in the first round. And right away, like all the 18,000 or so people in that arena all start yelling ho at the same time. So he was, again, Duggan was another guy like DiBiase. He was a kind of second level main eventer for a few years. Duggan was sort of famous for getting the pre Hogan feuds with guys in his run. Like uh, he had a feud with Earthquake before Earthquake. Got the Hogan run at House Shows. He had a feud with Sergeant Slaughter before Slaughter did the Hogan run on house shows. He did a feud with Yokozuna before Yokozuna did the Brett Hogan run on house shows. He was just he was in that position a lot and he did a great job because he was so good and he was so likable.
1: Yeah, that's interesting how he kept following um yeah, the um, – let me see here. Sorry, uh, Andre hits Duggan um, to help Dibiase yeah. win. Uh, yeah,
2: and, and that's another one. Like, So Hogan is done with Andre after this show pretty much. The feud Andre goes into is with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which is cool symmetry given that Duggan uses two-by-four to break up the choke on Andre back on that Saturday Night's
1: Main Event episode. Yep. Yeah, he's yes, sir. inserting himself into this a little bit here. Um, I, I like this just because it makes, you know, even though DiBiase, it's not crazy that he would beat Duggan on his own, just, you know, adds to the heel factor of the night.
2: It does, yeah. And, it, again, it makes Andre look like a killer. One punch, he knocks out Hacksaw Jim Duggan for a pin. Hmm. And it also makes Hacksaw Jim Duggan... Post show when they start the feud look totally badass because even though he got knocked out by one punch and pinned he's running out calling out Andre for interfering in his match like I'm not afraid of you or anything else let's have a fight you bring your whole seven foot carcass I'll bring a two by four and we'll see what happens so anyway yeah another cool way to get both guys over So,
1: next week, Savage beats Butch. Butch Reed, the natural Butch Reed. He beats him in three minutes. um, (laughs) Which is awesome. Um, You like Butch Reed, huh? Well, I just don't. I just don't know. I'm not familiar. You know, and I I like Savage coming out strong in the first round. um, You know, in like Ultimate Fighter Days or whatever. It's even King of the Ring, the idea is to get a victory as quick as you can um, so you're not as tired later. So I like that um, about this match. Did you like Butch Reed
2: jawjacking Elizabeth while he was climbing to the top rope and that costing him the match?
1: Yep, that's what he gets. <laughs> so yeah so Savage
2: called him Yelling at Elizabeth to like hey watch What I'm about to do to your man you're gonna Enjoy this and Savage just threw him off the top And then ran over to the other Side dropped the elbow and That's victim number one for the Macho man that night So round two mm-hmm. We start with Hogan Andre right Yep After then- everything oh dude we gotta talk about Hogan's pre-match interview Okay Yes. Oh my gosh, alright Josh,
1: what do you have on this? Um, so he says Fee-fi-fo-fum uh, One I long say, year and one. your time has come Man yeah. um, Let me see here <laughs> He talks about the year Before uh, last year's Wrestlemania He says he's only got one scar and it's on the inside I, I can't imagine That he didn't end that with brother But I can't remember Um <laughs> The, the hoaxers keep asking for the truth. Uh, today, they're going to, he's going to wipe all that controversy out. He's going to prove that he can beat him any time, any place. <laughs> he talks about our piece of crap leader, in quotes, leader. Uh, says that Trump and his family.
2: Jack, Jack Tunney, will, you mean, right? Oh, oh, you're talking about the commander in chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: okay. No, Tunney would be a better president, and I'm pretty sure he's dead, right? He is. He is. Okay. <laughs> well all right, um, so
2: what you you're saying about Donald Trump here, do you recall at the Royal Rumble 92, where Howard Finkel introduces President Jack Tony and Bobby heen goes best president since Noriega? Which gets a will you stop, of course.
1: Yeah. Will you stop? Yeah. Um <laughs> So anyway. I, I think I played this back for Jess because it's so ridiculous but he <laughs> says that his Trump and his family will sink to the bottom of the sea he'll know to let go of his material possessions to save his family and he can hang on to Hogan's back as he'll dog paddle them to safety and when he says that he does <laughs> some sort of weird ass dog paddle dance um, thing and it's just crazy awkward and hilarious. Have you seen the fear
0: in all those little Hulksters? They realize that when I get Andre the Giant cinched up in the launch position, when I slam him through the Trump Plaza, brother, from New York down to Tampa, Florida, the fault line is going to break off. And as Andre the Giant falls into the ocean, as my next two opponents fall to the ocean floor and I pin him, so will Donald Trump and all the Hulkamaniacs. But as Donald Trump hangs on to the top of the Trump Plaza with his family under his other arm, as they sink to the bottom of the sea, thank God Donald Trump's a hawkeye maniac. He'll know enough to let go of his materialistic possessions, hang on to the wife and kids, dog paddle with his life all the way to safety. But, Donald, if something happens, you run out of gas, and all those little Hulkamaniacs run out of gas. Just hang on to the largest back in the world, and I'll dog paddle us, backstroke all of us to safety. Oh, and thank you, Hulk Hogan. Let's get back to action. Wow.
3: Yes,
2: yes. yes. I, I love everything about this promo. It's such a weird snapshot. Of like everything good about Hulk Hogan in 1987, 1988, it's crazy. There are non sequiturs. It's over the top. He yeah, he talks about <laughs> the Trump Plaza <laughs> exploding. But thank thank God Donald Trump is a maniac. Yeah,
1: which makes sense because they both have the same feelings on minorities. So Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to make that joke. Thank you very much. <laughs> um
2: match itself it's another like 40 minute match, right? It's
1: a rough match, man. I mean, it's not WrestleMania 3. Uh, so yeah.
2: WrestleMania 3 is their masterpiece. It yeah. was there's no way I don't think that match could have been better. Given the limitations involved, you know, like Andre having the injury, I, I just thought it was incredible. The main event, you know, was also a short match. It was more angle than match, right? Because the important part was the fake pin. And then this was, again, a 4 minute thing to design to get both guys out of the tournament. A uh, chair is introduced. I think DBS gives Andre a chair. Andre hits Hogan and the referee warns him. Or wait, who hits first? Is it Hogan hits Andre first or Andre hits Hogan first?
1: I have Hogan hits Andre with a chair. Okay.
2: Uh, And the referee warns him. This is Joey Morella, by the way, the same ref as WrestleMania (laughs) 3 with the controversial count. And then Hogan goes to swing again. Andre blocks it, kicks Hogan, and then whacks Hogan with the chair. And then do they shove the ref out of the
1: way? Um, Hogan slams Virgil. Hold on, let me see. Hogan runs and hits him again with, and now he falls. Hogan slams Virgil, and then body slams Andre. I don't have anything about the ref, but I could could have missed it. I think you're right.
2: I think you're right. I don't think they attack the ref. Because, I, yeah, they don't. I remember the ref kind of casually walking over and calling for the bell. Like, what do you want me to do? And so Jesse Ventura on commentary is kind of confused over what's going to happen. He's yelling, they both use the chair. They both use the chair. And then he disqualifies both men for using the chair.
1: Yeah, I, th- I feel like that was very confusing. Um, they didn't announce it to the live crowd, did you? Yeah, catch that's me? what I was thinking. I was like, if I was there, I'd be like, what the hell just happened? But I don't know. I mean, Jesse's uh, pretty loud. Maybe word got around with <laughs> <laughs> the crowd. I bet
2: That was intentional. I bet they didn't want to announce Hulk Hogan is eliminated from the tournament right. out of fear that people would just like the casual fans would walk out like, what? No more
1: Hogan? Oh, I'm going to yeah, go Campbell first. That's, that's not, especially with it being in the casino like that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which really in hindsight, I wonder if the whole <laughs> reason they were booked there to begin with was because they knew Hogan was going to lose. Like we can't ha- have all these mouth breathers freaking out about Hogan losing. <laughs> They'll throw garbage in the middle of the ring and ruin Savage's night. Uh, right. So anyway, yeah, not not the best. Uh, not the best match for them too, but um,
2: yeah, Hogan slams Andre after the match. Poses. They play his music, all that stuff. But that's he's out of the tournament. Yep. Hulk Hogan is not going to be
1: champion at the end of the night, and again, that's a big deal. So now, and I that, guess the, the question on people's minds is who it will be? You know, right?
2: Uh, My sister and I told you we were drawing names on the way to church. They also had like a pay number. I think it was like I forget how much I call like ninety nine cents maybe that you could call to find out who won the tournament. Right? Mm-hmm. We begged my parents and they let us call because it would give updates through the night, right? That's and, awesome. so, and so at the call-in line, it said like, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were both disqualified for using a chair and both eliminated from the tournament, but Macho Man Randy Savage has continued to make his way through the field. Please call back later for further updates. Like So if you call the number, you're like, why are they talking about Savage, right? And nobody else... And I think we called that number like six times that night. I remember we'd call it and wait and then ask my parents if we could call again. And then we called it a couple of times without asking. Right. So I'm going to have to remember to give my daughter some grace uh, for when she spends money without telling us. I don't know if
1: there would be any equivalent of that for her, but (laughs) maybe.
2: (laughs) But the thing was, they didn't change the message all night. Like, I think we stayed up late to be able to make sure we were calling after the end of the show. And it was still the exact same, like, 30-second message.
4: Yeah.
2: Or probably, like, 15-second message. But, um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Heather, I love you again. I I love that memory of us just, like, being so excited to make this phone call to (laughs) get an update on who was winning the
1: tournament. Such a weird thing to do (laughs) (laughs) in retrospect I Uh, mean
2: that's very 80s right like call this pay number to find out what's happening
1: (laughs) yep on TV
2: (laughs) yes yes so the next second round match we have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Greg the Hammer Valentine
3: (laughs) any thoughts on
2: it (laughs) it
1: it certainly was a match yep it happened
2: randy savage won with the cradle uh reversing the figure four, got a three count and then and what i thought was a really good match ted dibiase beat don morocco
1: yeah so that was cool because it showed you know he's an actual threat it's not just he wise cheats and steals
2: (laughs) yeah he beat him clean he used a slingshot clothesline morocco on the top rope with a what would nowadays be called a flapjack except he draped his neck over the top rope and then pinned him and then later in the second round or no because how does this happen because of the draw between Hogan and Andre, DiBiase gets a bite to the finals. Right.
4: So and,
1: yeah, so they kind of explain that in some sort of some at some point in the commentary. Um, so yeah, so it's Savage and DiBiase in the finals. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, Savage in the third round, he beats the one man gang by disqualification.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and I like, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I felt like the crowd was chanting Hogan. Did you catch that during the main event? Yeah. Well, they were, yeah.
2: And so the main event for the WWF title, it's Randy Man Savage versus Ted DiBiase. I should mention Randy Savage and Elizabeth are changing outfits. Every single time they come out for a match oh, this night, oh, amazing. It is like Ray Savage has different tights and a different robe. Elizabeth has a different dress on every time she walks out. They look like the biggest superstars in history on the yeah. night of WrestleMania Four. They are freaking owning the spot they're about to be put in. They're they're incredible <laughs> this night. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, and so. Ted DiBiase comes out, and of course, Andre the Giant is in tow. The commentators are aghast that Andre's with him. And again, Saturday night's main event is fresh in your mind. You know, it was just about a week ago where DiBiase beat Savage because Andre was at ringside, mm-hmm. where we had the exact same setup. And this is Savage's fourth match. DiBiase, this is only his third. He got a buy because, again, The conspiracy, Andre the Giant, he didn't have to beat Hogan to eliminate him from the tournament. So, Andre, all he had to do was get the double DQ, which is what happened. That takes Hogan out. Andre was going to lay down for DiBiase in the third round anyway, so it doesn't matter that he eliminates himself at the same time. DiBiase gets the bye, gets to rest, while Savage has to wrestle a 450-pound one-man gang. So even going into the finals, before any of that, Randy Savage has had to wrestle more times than DiBiase. He lost to DiBiase a week ago, and now he's somehow going to have to overcome that plus Andre the Giant in his corner to become the champion. So it's a great underdog setup. Yeah, I dig it. And so match goes on. It's, It's way too short, I think. To be fair, Savage's fourth match, he's already wrestled like 20 minutes, right? D.B. it's his third. I think he's wrestled about 15. Right. So it's really good for a 10-minute match. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't like 20. It's unfortunate it wasn't a WrestleMania main event length.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's. I think that just comes with the territory of the yeah. tournament, but I, I agree. All right, so what
2: happens here is that... Right away, like Andre trips Randy Savage, right? Yeah. And at some point later, Savage gets the advantage, and he does that cool thing where he throws DiBiase out of the ring and he climbs to the top rope to drop the flying axe handle, right? (laughs) Well, this is the moment where... Again, this is, DiBiase has to win this match. So before he can do that, Andre just stands in front of Ted DiBiase, like, inviting Randy Savage, like, yep, come on down. I'm down here, just jump right off the top. I'm right here waiting for you. And Savage is pointing for Andre to get out of the way, out of the way, the referee's pointing, but Andre won't move. He doesn't even acknowledge that the referee is getting on his case. And because Andre has this official manager's license, For Ted DiBiase, he's allowed at ringside. So Savage jumps down, and he walks over and talks to Elizabeth, and he sends her to the back. Now, like you brought up so far, we've seen Elizabeth run off from Randy Savage only two times, and both times she came back with Hulk Hogan. Yep. So this is number three.
1: And Jesse says, I've seen this before. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we kind of know where it's going. Uh, Mm -hmm. She returns with Hogan And he Dibiase just has a chin lock on So they set it up perfectly So people would be waiting for the thing Yeah so he's He's got a chair again Um, But he doesn't really You know he doesn't run in Or anything like that Obviously knowing that that would cost uh, Savage the title
2: yeah, he just kind of dramatically lifts it way up in the air in Randy Savage's corner and then sets it down, opens it,
1: and sits on it with his arms crossed. Like, hey, I'm just here to watch. No I big deal. I think he's yelling, Look at me, look at me, the whole time. Is <laughs> <laughs> yes. You really hated Hogan being there for the
2: celebration, yeah, didn't you? I, I really, I really do. Uh, okay. But we're not there yet, we're, no. we're still in the match. So, the match goes on. Randy Savage catches DiBiase up on the top rope, throws him off. Runs to the other side of the ring, climbs to the top, just like in the first match. Okay, this is exactly how he beat Butch Reed. Jumps off with the flying elbow, and DiBiase moves. All right. So, now, again, Savage, they've been playing up his exhaustion on commentary That was sort of his last gasp. Ted DiBiase locks on his new finisher, the million dollar dream, which he had just started using kind of shortly before this show. Maybe a month, month and a half out. Okay. while he has it on, Randy Savage reaches his hand out and gets the rope and Andre slaps it away. So he's out of the ropes. And if you get the rope, you have to break the hold. Andre slaps Savage's hand away, so he's out of the ropes. But the referee sees it, so he gets on
1: Andre. And Josh, you want to take over from here? Sure. So, yeah, he um, is kind of distracted with that. Hogan comes into the ring and hits DiBiase with a chair. Right in the back. <laughs> DiBiase's selling of that was great, by the way. It is, yeah. He's he's awesome. Um, he really Sa- Savage pretty much goes up. And hits the elbow immediately. Um, and one, two, three wins wins the title.
4: Oh, look out, here comes a hunkster. Oh! Oh, and he oh. climbed in. Got a man! Daddy went the referee, did not see it! That's terrible, Mind I can't believe Hogan would stoop to that level. DBRC is on cold. Savage looking around, doesn't know. Now he's going to the outside. I cannot believe Hogan would stoop to that goal. The flying elbow hooks the leg. It's over. We have a new champion. It's Medlam here. It's pandemonium. The Taken victory.
2: Hulk Hogan is a huge glory hog here because Robin Leach from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was supposed to present Randy Savage with the belt but Hogan just takes it from him
1: and does it himself what a glory hog what about Robin Leach man I mean she probably was like I came all the way here I didn't even get to give him the belt did you just say she no no about the great robin Leach, i don't know who that is the celebrity that will never die so he so he hands him the bell he's running around still wielding the chair like a weirdo um
2: <laughs>
1: you gotta yeah keep the just, you can't let him a sneak attack man i just i don't know I, I was telling james uh the other day that i just i don't get it because like we've been saying, Savage is amazing. All all, all you got to do is watch like three of his promos and you're pretty much sold on him being, you know, at least top three has all these wins. This, this during mania and that's not enough. Like he has to have Hogan in there to, to help put him over. So I just don't, I just don't like it. I feel like at the end of the night, it should have just been Savage's time, but it's whatever. So, I mean, the way you're playing it is that Hogan like steals all
2: the glory. I don't feel like he does. And I've heard that, to be fair, you're not the only person I've ever heard say that. That's a very popular belief in the online wrestling community that I most often frequent, which is uh, Scott Keith's website, blogofdoom.com. But kind of the popular internet wrestling writer. But... What happens is, you know, like Savage gets word handed the belt by Hogan. He's celebrating with Elizabeth. Hogan's in the ring with him. And like, he's pointing to Savage, you know. It's not like Hogan starts doing his posing routine. <laughs> yeah. He's doing Savage's little moniker. I honestly, I think Hogan was such a big star. And that Savage, again, he wasn't what he would be even two months later right then. So I think if Hogan wasn't there sort of endorsing, like, no, this is the guy. This is the new guy. And here I am. You know, you don't have to be sad that I'm not at the end of the WrestleMania main event. Here I am right here. I'm here, and I'm with this best friend, my on-screen best friend that I'm endorsing. I almost think it would have hurt Savage if Hogan wasn't there. It would have felt like, off. like people would have, I think, been like, yeah. I mean, good for Randy Savage, but I just like Hulk Hogan.
1: That's true. I see what you're saying.
2: And so, yeah, in, in a world where all things are equal, I would agree with you. And I thought that way for a few years.
1: I uh, Yeah, there, there's not a real good alternative. So, it makes sense.
2: I mean, they could have had George <laughs> the Animal Steel giving that endorsement.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I hey, think, we're going to put it all behind us. I think the crowd liked... Um, elizabeth enough to have her be the one putting him over but I, I understand i i did like the moment of like
2: savage kind of soaking up the glory and all you know the the blood sweat and tears of it just looking exhausted but holding up the like mustering all the strength to hold up the belt elizabeth crying wiping tears from her eyes
1: i mean i, I like the end in that you know savage won and um uh, right first, first um. Uh, you know, title and everything. And I like where they're heading, but but yeah, so that's that's WrestleMania Four. Yeah. Really, um and the only other thing was a Hogan and Andre Cage match, which after that WrestleMania Four match I'm surprised they even did. This wasn't on TV. Okay. It was on a VHS tape
2: they did and the match was at a show called WrestleFest eighty eight. The VHS tape they put out was called WrestleFest 88. It was essentially non-televised, not acknowledged on TV, it, but it was a rather big house show that they presented. If you're if you were in that local market, this was the equivalent of backlash, okay? Yeah. So, most of the stuff that happened at WrestleMania was going to get sorted out here. So, Bret Hart, I believe was fighting Band News Brown. They had a little skirmish at WrestleMania for uh, Randy Savage was defending the title against Ted DiBiase. The rematch from the main event of WrestleMania 4. Uh, Rujo Brothers, I think, maybe were... I I, for, I forget what... Uh, anyway, there were just like a couple of matches like that where it was like, oh, this is the natural progression of Fallout from WrestleMania 4. A few other interesting matches thrown in. And then the main event... Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in a steel cage to settle it once and for all.
1: So, yeah, so it's um, not, again, not the the most exciting yeah. match. Uh, right. Um, pretty basic. Lots of punching. There is, uh, you know, Hogan gets cut and is bleeding pretty bad for, for that kind of time. Yeah, for sure. Bobby Heenan's back with Andre here. Heenan comes, or Hogan gets a leg drop. Um, Heenan comes in and he gets knocked out, which is a fun kind of way to end that. You know, Heenan talking so much trash over the last couple months to a year. Uh, yeah, Heenan being the one that kind
2: of uh, perverted Andre's sense of justice and converted him to the dark side. Off of that, Heenan gets beat up in the cage. Hogan knocks down andre and then hogan climbs over the top rope or climbs over the cage and then goes down to the floor and he wins the blow off and we're not covering a lot of the action because there wasn't really a lot to cover It, it is on our youtube playlist but yeah kind of for an amazing feud it was really only that first match and the survivor series match and the battle royal i guess that were really the great ones the last three singles matches We're sort of... I don't know. The one we said was mostly Angle. The second one was kind of a means to an end of getting the belt on Savage. And this third one was, I think, just to put a bow on it.
1: Yeah. Um, What do you think, James? All right. So... I...
2: Are are we talking about this feud in comparison to the other ones we've done now? Um,
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we... I think we generally give star reviews, right? Or letter grades? I can't remember, but the same, so it's fine, whatever. Um,
2: Well, do you want to go first? I mean, because this is all fresh to you, so I really want to hear your perspective on it.
1: So, I I don't know. I, I think, like, overall, the feud itself, I mean, it's hard not to give it, like, four and a half or five stars. The matches, though... I don't know. I mean, it's just Andre was so limited, you know what I mean? Um, It's not, like, his fault or anything like that. And I understand uh, all of the, you know, ins and outs of that stuff. But regardless, they're not uh, the greatest matches ever, aside from, I guess, Mania 3 is considered one of them. But technically, they're not. So I'd give the matches... (laughs) Like a 3 <laughs> out of 5. So I, I would probably average, average it out to 4 four stars overall. Alright, so
2: I think the initial build to WrestleMania 3 is in the conversation for Greatest Wrestling Feud of All Time. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think the fallout from that match all the way through Survivor Series and up to and through the main event match where the twin referee angle happens is all a, aside from the match itself, it's all a very worthy successor to that initial feud and should still be counted as like one of the greatest angles of all time. The interviews going into WrestleMania 4, I didn't think were nearly as good as the ones going into WrestleMania 3. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, and it's not like they're bad. You know, they're good. They're WrestleMania worthy. It's just that that stuff at WrestleMania 3 is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. And so it goes from like some of the best of all time to just like very good, you know, sometimes very, very good in moments. But I, I really felt like it wasn't nearly what WrestleMania three was going into WrestleMania four. And then you get into the issue of match quality with the main event, with WrestleMania four and with the cage match really being way down far beneath the battle Royal WrestleMania three and the survivor series. So it kind of ends on a bit of a whimper. So I would give part of it five stars, if not the Dave Meltzer six, but just since you know we're wrestling fans and not all this stuff is on the network and you can't make your own playlist on the network, at least as of right now. So what you would usually go to are the matches. And only like those last three one-on-one matches, main event, WrestleMania Four in the Cage, are not great, right? So I'm still going to give the feud an A because some of this stuff is just, again, to me, like one, of if not the best feud I've ever seen, top two or three, I think. But it really does end on kind of the the end is Randy Savage. It transitions away from Hogan Andre and it's used to make Randy Savage. I do love that. So I'm not going to talk too bad about it. But like you said, it's hard to compare because like the angles and the promos and all that stuff are so much better than something like Kenny vs. Okada. But the Kenny vs. Okada matches are in a whole nother world from Hogan Andre. So I get the criticism. I can't, I can't speak against it at all. Alright, so now can we do some comparisons?
1: Sure.
2: Initially, going into WrestleMania 3, you had said that you felt like this was actually a lot better than Steamboat Savage. And if it had ended there it probably would still be that way in your mind. But after you've had to watch those three last singles matches, in your head, is this still better than Steamboat Savage?
1: I think so. I think the feud itself is definitely makes up for it. So yeah, I'd say better than Steamboat Savage, which is crazy. Would you say it's better than Brett vs Owen?
2: No, I would not. Alright, in your head, would you say it's better than Omega Okada? Nope. <laughs> right?
1: What about Sean versus Taker? Uh I mean, I think it is better than that than those two. Yeah. Okay.
2: I think just because of the match quality, I'd give the edge to Brett Owen over Hogan Andre. But I might put uh, I might put Hogan Andre at number two. Now that being said, it like right now with the mood on man, if you said, All right, everything you guys have watched so far, you can watch one thing right now, what would it be? I'd be going, like, Oh, Omega Okada one." right? <laughs> because, well, so
1: you know, there's just literally more to it. Other, you know, what I mean, the the bulk of this is the lead up to Mania 3 and the match itself, so it is it's kind sort of pair, but yeah. And, and to you, I mean,
2: like, if I can compare it to movies, I'd say Hogan Andre has higher emotional stakes, and Omega Okada has better action sequences, right?
1: Yeah.
2: All right, Josh, we've just discussed maybe the most famous wrestling feud of all
1: time, man. How do you feel? <laughs> um, it's good. It's good to finally have really watched everything and let it all sink in because like i said i think earlier on in the series it was just mania 3 and that's it that's all i had so this along with the you know other documentaries and stuff have given me a a good appreciation of um, andre the giant and and honestly even more for hogan too um i i wasn't the biggest fan for a long time and seeing some of the stuff you know watching like the primetime wrestlings and Saturday night main events where it's like week after week of, of Hulkamania really, you know, I think we like take it for granted how big he is. Um, And when you watch all of those, you really see, I mean, the crowd is just, I I feel like they're louder than they were at any other time. Like even with, even uh, with Stone Stone Cold, I mean, probably not, but they're pretty freaking loud. And I don't know, like Stone Cold had pops, right? Like, but I feel like Hogan and it was massive like, pops. Hogan, I feel like it was like a constant. Like, if he's on screen, the crowd is just freaking out. So I don't know. I'm I'm really kind of curious. I want to go back because this was the tail end of his title run. I, I want to go back to the beginning and watch some of that. Not necessarily the matches and all that, but just the interviews and stuff from different week-to-week shows, so maybe we'll do Austin next.
2: Alright, well Josh, we stayed up till 1am to talk about Hogan Andre. On a Monday night. So you can count on us being tired tomorrow, but there are three other things you can count on, are there not?
1: Death. Death. And when. That's next <laughs>
0: I <laughs>